We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know that you could invest in crypto through your retirement account? That's right. iTrust Capital allows you to invest in over two dozen of the most popular cryptocurrencies. And unlike the stock market, you can buy and sell 24 hours a day. With iTrust Capital, you also get the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Visit iTrustCapital.com to start investing today. That's iTrustCapital.com. Taxes and conditions may apply. Fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. iTrust Capital Incorporated does not provide legal, investment, or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal investment or tax professional. Collins driving, almost lost the handle. Chalmers for the tie. Got it in 10 seconds. Unbelievable. He throws. Got He used to tell me, those places are great, but there's no place like Kansas. All right, folks, what's good? We are back with another episode of Ain't No Seeds. We said we were hot last week because we had, what, two straight interviews in a row, and now we're back with a third straight. And we've got, we've got the best quarterback of the decade for Kansas football, a guy that – We've been talking to about getting on for a while now. Our guy, Carter Stanley. Carter, how's it going, my man? Doing great. Really appreciate you guys uh, having me and, you know, looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. It's been uh, – you said you, you moved to Kansas City, right? Kind of living like month-to-month training. Kind of what's, what's kind of your plan right now? I know yeah, so, great. you know, obviously uh, last couple of months have been nuts, um, you know, with everything going on. But – I, uh, I officially moved out of my place in Lawrence um, like three weeks ago and uh, moved to the plaza here in KC. And, you know, it's, it's been fun so far for sure. And uh, it's, it's good because I'm, I'm closer to where I'm training at. Uh, this whole like winter and spring, I was driving, you know, 40, 45 minutes to train. And, uh, you know, I was kind of tough. But luckily, my girlfriend has been living here in KC for a while. So, you know, that's been good. Um, but no, it's, it's a lot better now that I'm here. Okay. I was wondering why you chose Kansas city over going back to Florida. It seems kind of like a bold choice, but girlfriend obviously <laughs> comes into play there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's definitely part of it. Uh, all right. So let's just get into it. Um, 
I guess I'm curious. Like I said, you're from Florida. You, I imagine, weren't the biggest Kansas football fan growing up. Probably didn't know a whole lot about Kansas football. So I guess I'm just curious. Can you kind of take us back to when you were getting recruited, um, what you knew about the Kansas football program, and kind of what was it that led you to come to Lawrence? Yeah, for sure. So um, I went to a big high school, uh, Vero Beach High School in Vero Beach, Florida. And there was like, you know, enrollment was like 3,200 kids. Um, the guy who I didn't start until my senior year of high school, the guy that was in front of me, um, he was all state his junior year. And then his senior year was my junior year. So unfortunately didn't get a lot of film on tape my junior year. So, uh, I, you know, I knew I kind of had to ball out my senior year and, um, ended up having a really fun, you know, really good senior year. And still it was kind of the same story with all these schools that would come by. They said, we really like you, you know, you're having a great season, but we either have a quarterback committed or, you know, we just, uh, you know, we don't have a spot for you right now. So that's tough because I was, I was talking to a lot of, you know, power five teams and, um, you know, it was, it was tough to not get those offers, but sure enough, um, you know, Kansas came by the middle of uh, January, like two weeks before signing day. And it was, uh, it was Coach Beatty coming from Texas A&M, uh, Rob Likens coming from Cal, and uh, Kevin Kane, who's the linebackers coach, who actually recruited me at Northern Illinois the previous year. So it was, it was cool. And especially for me, because, um, you know, Beatty's telling me stories about Johnny Menzel, uh, Rob Likens is telling me stories about Jared Goff. And, you know, so that was really appealing to me. And, um, you know, so they asked me to commit. And at the time, I only had an offer from, like, UConn. Um, you know, FIU was showing interest. Miami was showing interest. But it was kind of like a clear, clear choice for me, you know, to go to a Big 12 school. So committed. Um, one of my official visits to Lawrence two weeks later, and that definitely solidified it. Uh, a lot of fun on my official visit and uh you know met some great people so that was uh that was it for sure you didn't party at all on your visit did you i uh i got a little bit in get, got introduced to the hawk and the bull so that was fun <laughs> how do you say no to that right <laughs> who was who was kind of like showing you around that weekend who was the player it was uh kent taylor the the tight end um that everyone said he looked like Thad Castle. So yeah. it, was, it was pretty funny uh, having him show me around. I feel like tight ends are always pretty wild dudes, so I'm sure that was a good time. Yeah. So, yeah, so obviously you signed to KU, get to Lawrence, you registered your freshman year, and obviously it wasn't the best year for the program. They went winless, and kind of just wondering, like, what like was going through your mind at that time and what were kind of the – what was kind of the energy around the program at that time as well? Oh, it was tough. It was, it was brutal. Um, that, that freshman year was really tough, obviously playing, you know, playing football your whole life and then, um, you know, redshirting and sitting out a year. That was, that was frustrating for sure. But, um, no, it's funny. There was a time there where, you know, I wasn't too fond of wearing, you know, KU football gear around campus. I was, uh, you know, it was, it was definitely tough there for a little bit and, I remember heading home uh, winter break that year, and it was, you know, I, I definitely thought about transferring for sure. Um, combination of, 
me being like the red shirt kind of third string quarterback and, you know, our team success. But, um, no, that, that first year was tough, but, um, no, my, my parents told me to stick it out for sure. And, um, you know, obviously very glad I did. As sports keep coming back, so does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, betonline.ag. MLB and the NBA are in full swing, and there are no shortage of ways to get on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to be on. Also, tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the BetOnline team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. Visit BetOnline.ag today to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. And then you get to your freshman year, and you end up starting some games late in the year. You guys, obviously, uh, the Texas game in Lawrence, I'm sure you guys had some fun that night, but you guys were competitive at K-State as well. Um, what was it like the, the night of the Texas game? Can you kind of describe that for us? Yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was unreal. So um, coming off, you know, the week before was my first start against Iowa State. And, uh, you know, definitely a game to this day. I, I really wish we would have won. Um, we got off to a hot start. Ended up losing 31 to 24, I think. But um, no, I think uh, I think we just kind of had a spark, like, as a team that, you know, hey, you know, in the previous week before that, we had, we had a good close to the game against West Virginia. You know, we ended up closing it out pretty well and doing some good things in the second half. But, um, you know, that Texas game started and – they score on the first play on like a hitch route. They take it 80 yards to, you know, to the end zone. I was just like, oh man, you know, it might be one of those games. So, uh, you know, luckily we were able to bounce back. Defense played incredible. Um, you know, offense in, in the fourth quarter, we had uh, we had two drives that did it for us. And, um, you know, that, that game was just unbelievable. Obviously campus was going nuts that night and, uh, no, that was that was definitely definitely a fun night. <laughs> did you enjoy the Twitter jokes, or did they kind of get old for a while? Like KU beat Texas in football. Yeah, no, I I honestly I always always kind of enjoyed it. It was it was funny. Um, it's actually funny. I, I was actually just at a wedding, like I was telling you earlier this past Saturday, and um, the or the dad of the you know newly wedded husband, he was saying. Uh, yeah, so November nineteenth, twenty sixteen. Like he started, he, like he said the date. I kind of tapped my girlfriend. I was like, "That sounds like re really familiar." I think that was the day we beat Texas. And sure enough, he was like, "You know, it wasn't a great year for KU football, but it happened to be on that day." And uh, you know, that's when that's when KU beat Texas. But it's also when you know I met uh, you know my future son or my my son's future wife. And it was it was just a really cool story how he tied that in and. It was, uh, it was, it was definitely cool. So no, those, those Twitter jokes, they, it's, uh, it's definitely some funny stuff. I enjoy it. I will, I'll never not laugh at, or maybe not laugh, right. but I'll always give a little smirk anytime I see one of those jokes pop up. Yep. Um, but yeah, like, like B-Turn mentioned, you obviously, the Texas game, you play well, you go into Kansas state, which I imagine is a fairly intimidating atmosphere as a freshman that played in at that point started one or two games can't even remember what you were at that point but you play well so I'd imagine after the end of that season you're kind of sitting there like I could potentially start the next three years here 
Right. Going into your sophomore year, was that kind of the mindset you had? Like, did you kind of think, okay, I've proved myself. This should maybe be my program now. Yeah, 100%. I, I knew, like, it, it wasn't like, you know, it's not like I thought, like, I had done enough to, you know, for sure solidify it. Because, you know, I knew we were bringing in a uh, Juco quarterback. <clears throat> but, no, just the, the feel that I was getting in the locker room, um, you know, the confidence that I think the guys had in me at that point, it was definitely high. And uh, I, I felt like it was it was good. Um, you know, we had a new defense coordinator coming that year, Doug Meacham. And, uh, you know, he was really bringing in the same, you know, style of offense, but, you know, kind of ramped up a little bit. He, he ran it really well at TCU. And, uh, no, I, I definitely felt like um, that was going to be – that was going to be, you know, pretty, you know, pretty much the starter from then on out, but, you know. Yeah. And so, so obviously people like myself, I've got some buddies, B turn, all of us, like we were, we were team Carter guys and uh, it didn't like, obviously Peyton Bender ends up getting the start. Now I don't know Peyton Bender. I'm sure he's a good dude and I'm sure you uh, like him and everything like that. But was it pretty frustrating to sit back and watch, as the offense struggled, obviously Meacham did not work out too well and Bender had his ups and downs, but like, was that pretty frustrating for you or were you still like, okay, I'm a sophomore, like I'll wait my turn? Yeah, it definitely was, um, you know, it definitely was frustrating. And um, I've, I've never been one of those guys to really think like, you know, I'm, I'm young, like I got a lot of time. I always felt like, you know, your eligibility is like running. And, you know, I knew every Saturday I wasn't out there. It was a, opportunity that was kind of taken away from me so you know it, it definitely was frustrating um you know 2017 was kind of just a rough year for us in general we uh you know not a lot of people really realize it but we did lose a lot of guys um from that year before whether it was offensive line um you know Keon Kinner a, a running back um you know some some good guys on that defense Tevin Shaw Fish missing you know, some of those guys. So it was tough. Um, you know, we had a lot of younger guys kind of thrown into some spots and, um, you know, especially in the middle of the season, we got shut out. I think there was two weeks in a row we got shut out. And, you know, that's, that's when I knew I was like, all right, like, you know, I, I think it's definitely gotta be my time. Sure enough. I was, I was lucky enough to get that start that next week against K-State. Like, uh, so like in camp before the season, do you think you were clearly the most talented quarterback? Or do you think they wanted a guy that had experience or what do you think it was? It was, it was tough. And honestly, I feel like every single fall camp for me, um, you know, I wish it's funny cause I wish right now I could talk, you know, to my 18 year old self and, you know, tell myself this, but um, for me in camp, I always felt like I was, I was the best playmaker at the position, but um, you know, it fluctuated from year to year, but, I think those coaches just wanted to really see me take care of the ball. And, you know, this past year, 2019 fall camp was by far my best year as far as, uh, you know, taking care of the ball. I think I had like, I think it was like 13 practices in a row throughout the whole practice where I had zero turnovers. So that's, uh, that was something that I think when I was younger, I didn't prove to them enough, you know, that I could, you know, manage the game and, and take care of the ball. But um, no, I, I always felt like, you know, I, I was capable of making the most plays and, you know, I, I truly felt like I was kind of always the best quarterback for our team, but um, you know, 
you know, didn't necessarily work out that way for four years. Okay. And obviously, um, I feel like the Carter Stanley story as a Jayhawk really is like packed into almost one season. Like Beatty gets fired. And now we all have our opinions of David Beatty. I don't know. I guess let's just get that question out because I know people want me to ask it. What are your thoughts on David Beatty? And do you think he – do you think he really – I don't know how to say What are your thoughts on David Beatty? That's the question I'll ask. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean – Honestly, uh, a great guy, you know, really, really good guy. Uh, you know, he had some hilarious one-liners that, you know, I still joke around and say to this day, or, you know, he just like, you know, I don't know if it was where he was from in Texas or, you know, maybe he had an influence in his life, but he had some really like funny one-liners that, you know, me and my, my teammates still talk about today, but, um, yeah, you know, he was, he was thrown in, in into a tough situation, you know, our, our roster in 2015, like when I committed, um, I came back out for the spring game that year and combination of injuries. And I think two of the best players were just kicked off the team, uh, Rod Coleman and another running back, uh, Corey Avery, I think was his name. And they were kicked off the team. I remember kind of watching it with my dad and I was like, man, you know, that it was kind of a, kind of a thin roster. So he definitely took over, you know, kind of a tough situation, but, um, yeah, you know, overall, overall, I think some things could have been done better. And, um, no, I, he's, I still, I still talk to him a decent amount and he's, he's a great guy, but, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, after four years, it was, it was probably time for a change. Okay. So that's interesting. I would have honestly thought if I were you, I'd have blocked his number, uh, blocked him on Twitter, blocked him on everything and not talk. So you're a bigger man than me. <laughs> And you actually do still talk to him? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, I talked to him a little bit after the season, and um, no, I'm, I'm very thankful he was uh, he was reaching out to a few NFL teams for me. So, uh, no, I, I definitely appreciate the work that he was still doing for me. Okay, that's awesome. Right. Well, that's cool. Uh, obviously, then Beatty gets fired. And the first question I have about that is, was it awkward playing for a guy that just got fired? Did I just freeze on you guys? Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Let me restart that. I don't know where I froze at. Are we good? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, Beatty gets fired mid-season. What, I mean, was that awkward, that, those final moments of that season, playing for a guy that had just been fired? Yeah. No, it, it was. Uh, it really was. Um, and at that point we were, we were really just playing for the seniors on that team and not only the seniors, but, you know, the assistant coaches for sure. We wanted those assistant coaches to, uh, you know, be left in a good spot, you know, for their future. And, um, no, it was, it was definitely really weird, but, uh, you know, I, I think our, our fight and our motivation at that point was to play for, you know, those seniors and, you know, also just, you know, play for yourself and you know, continue to uh, try to put some good stuff on film. Yeah. And following up on that, I mean, it was also awkward because there was so much talk on Twitter about who's going to be the next coach. And I know you're a fairly active guy on Twitter. Um, were you following all of like the flight tracking stuff, like, like us idiots? No, I was, when I, when I think of that time, I think of your Twitter account and, uh, uh, Bryson, uh, I'm blanking right now. Yeah.
yeah, his Twitter account for sure. But yeah. you guys were cracking me up. And honestly, I was like, I was learning all of it from your Twitter account pretty much. So that was, that was pretty cool. And um, yeah, that was, that was definitely an exciting time. Yeah. So you just talked about it pretty much, but how exciting was it? Like less obviously won national titles at LSU and then the fans seem super excited about it. Like has to be the biggest hire in KU football history at the time. And then you guys get Rick Ross in for the spring game. So there's just a ton of hype around football program. Yeah, no, that was, it was really cool. Uh, <clears throat> I, I've told this story a few times, but that first uh, introductory meeting that he had, it was kind of right before, it was like right around finals week for us in December. And he comes in, Coach Miles comes in with this like sweet looking suit, huge, you know, national championship ring. And he walks in and I, I've never heard the team meeting room like that silent before. And it was just like, you know, we were really in the presence of a legend. And he comes in, he talks to us, he keeps it real short. And on his way out, he like, <clears throat> I was kind of, I was like sitting in the front row and he like looks like in my direction and like gives me a wink. And I was like, holy shit. Like I, I just kind of like sank in my chair. And I, I told my girlfriend, I was like, it's, it's probably more nervous than you've ever made me. So <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was a pretty funny moment, and um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it, it was really cool playing for him. Were you just sitting there like, what does that wink mean? Like, was that just running through? Right. <laughs> I was like, I was like, was that a, was that a me? Like, what, what's going on here? <laughs> he knew who the starting quarterback should have been, I think. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that actually leads us into, so your senior year, you're somehow in another quarterback battle. I mean, I – we talked about it before. We thought you should have been there sophomore, junior year. You should have been the man. But you would think that you're 100% set up to be the guy senior year. And then all of a sudden, Les and, and uh, who was the OC that ended up leaving? Troy or Lindsay? Chip Lindsay. Chip Lindsay. Chip, Chip Lindsay. Uh, they yeah. go out and get McVitie. And I feel like all of a sudden the narrative kind of changed. Like, okay, now it's McVitie that's going to be the guy. And so, I mean, at that point, are you like – are you pissed or are you like freaking out or were you like, it's fine. I mean, I'll, I'll just win the battle. I've done this before. It's, it's my time now. Yeah, no, I was, uh, <clears throat> I was really kind of worried every day that the semester, to be honest with you, that spring semester, because um, you know, they, they bring in uh, McVitie and I was, uh, no, I mean, I was nervous. I just kind of saw the, the, the treatment that he was getting, you know, he was like their recruit. And I was just kind of like this, you know, fifth year senior that, you know, I played, played a good amount, but haven't started a lot. And, um, no, I was, I was nervous for sure. I was, you know, every day I was kind of looking at moves in the transfer portal to see like, you know, Hey, if, if it comes down to it and I don't like how spring ball goes, um, you know, I want to see where I'm going. And, you know, I honestly did just about everything, but enter my name into the portal. Um, you know, I was even kind of talking to a few schools, I, I guess, illegally. But, um, no, it was uh, – I was worried. But – and then spring, spring football comes around. Um, you know, it honestly didn't start great for me because, you know, they're bringing in like a West Coast offense. And, you know, there's a lot of times where we were taking under center snaps. And I didn't take under center snaps since I was like in eighth grade. So I'm back there. I'm like fumbling a few snaps. Like it was, it was definitely new to me. And, uh, but no, as, as spring uh, went on a little bit, 
I felt like I definitely made some moves and I felt like I proved to them that I could make plays and, you know, I was, I was taking care of the ball for sure. So um, the day I graduated in May, I like sat down with my parents in a hotel and we were like, that's like honestly the main thing we were talking about, you know, whether I was going to stay there or, or, you know, hit the portal. But, um, you know, obviously ended up sticking it out, had to bust my butt last summer and, um, you know, going into fall camp, I, I just wanted it to be different than the previous fall camps. And, uh, you know, I definitely started off taking number two reps, but, um, no, I, you know, as each day went on, I, I kind of started making some plays and, you know, I was taking care of the football. So about halfway through fall camp, I kind of made the switch and I was, I was taking one reps and, you know, I, I definitely felt good about it. So I'm, I'm, I'm always curious, like when you're going through those moments where you're sitting there talking to your parents about going in the transfer portal, I mean, are you, are you having conversations with like Les Miles and the other guys on the staff? Like, are you trying to get a gauge from them on like, okay, what, I mean, do you see me starting or would they kind of just be like, look, man, you got to earn it. Like, how do you, I feel like I would be the type to be like, give me some guidance here. I want to know if I'm right. Yeah. So, so when I was younger, um, you know, under Beatty, I, I was always kind of scared to uh, kind of have those conversations and like, you know, kind of see where I'm at and see what they want out of me. But um, no, I, I sit down at the end of that semester um, right after spring ball and I'm talking to coach Kenning and he's like, it was not encouraging at all what he was saying to me. Like, it was like kind of clear that he like, you know, was really riding with uh, McVitty and I was just sitting there thinking like, you know, like, wow, like this, like, I pretty much had my answer, you know, before that meeting was over, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm probably out of here, but, you know, by, you know, just some chance coach miles walks in like literally right before I'm, I'm about to head out. And he, he definitely flipped the switch. And I don't know, you know, whether that was truly in his heart that, you know, he saw something in me or, you know, whether he was just trying to get me to stay for, you know, depth purposes, but no, he made it sound much more encouraging. And he said, you know, I, I see you guys 50-50 right now. And I, I think you, you know, got a really, really good shot at it. So that's what made me say for sure. Wow. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> some coaches obviously take a while to really announce to the media or for the fans to find out, like, who won the job. When did you kind of find out that you would be the starter? Or did you kind of – was there any point where you kind of knew in your head that you would be the starter? really weird because I, I don't even think I was told like even on game day of the first day like I don't even think it was really announced to be honest with you like they didn't even like tell me which was kind of like weird there was a period there for about two weeks before kickoff where I was taking you know probably probably just about all of the number one reps and it, it was pretty consistent so I you know I, I definitely felt good about it and, you know, I was getting like a lot of, you know, encouraging signs from, from assistant coaches that definitely made me believe that I was going to be the guy. But it's funny because, you know, even like in the hotel the night before the first game, I was like, to be honest with you, I really still don't know if I'm starting. Like I was talking to my parents. I was like, you know, I think I should be, but I really don't know. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So let's get into the senior year. I mean, obviously he talked, Rye talked about it, best quarterback of the decade, best in threesing and so you win the job, new era, everyone's excited about less and it's your first year as the starter in the first game. And did you feel a ton of pressure like going to that game or did you just go out and perform? No, I didn't feel pressure. Um, 
Well, you know, a, a little bit, you know, obviously, because it's, it's the start of, you know, new era. And, uh, you know, I knew it was my last ride. And, you know, for me personally, if, you know, if I wanted to have a shot and, um, you know, just an, an opportunity to even go for the NFL, I knew I was going to have to have a good year for sure. So, um, no, I, I felt some pressure, but it wasn't like, wasn't anything overwhelming, um, you know, first game and, you know, combination of, the system I think that we were running at the time, the offensive system and, you know, maybe just kind of first game jitters, but we, uh, we weren't playing too well. Uh, we didn't have too good of a game. Like we were, we were moving the ball decent, but we just really couldn't punch it in the end zone. And, you know, obviously there was a time there where Indiana state took the lead with, you know, I think two minutes left in the fourth quarter. And I'm like, all right, we can't start it off like this. Like, you know, we got to lock it in. And, uh, you know, lucky, luckily enough, that, that last drive, we had a great, you know, final drive and score a touchdown to win it. But, no, it was, uh, it was, it was tough. I, I knew we couldn't win that – or we couldn't lose that first one. That, that would have been – that would have been a tough one. And that, yeah, what's going – like, what's going through your head when you get to the huddle and you guys are trailing like that? And you know you obviously – you guys can't lose the first game in Les's era. Like, what's – you know you have to go score a touchdown. What's going through your head? Yeah, I think it just it goes based off, you know, kind of previous experiences. And I think uh, I think those coaches put a, put us in good situations and practices and scrimmages where, you know, we'll do a bunch of stuff. Honestly, it was like two or three times a week where we'd be put in a situation like that. All right, like two-minute drill, you're down four, got to go down and score a touchdown. So, you know, I kind of look at those guys and, you know, told them that we've been here before and, you know, just do your job, do your 111th, and, you know, we'll go down and we'll do this thing. And that was uh, that was the drive. Dale and Charlotte was the one that you were connecting with on that drive, right? Yep. Yep. And uh, I believe David Beatty wanted to play that man at safety. Am I right, B-Turn? Correct. You are. <laughs> okay. 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control. There's one thing you can't control, and that's shaving your bush. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do so. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you the confidence boost through body image. Their ceramic blade and skin safe technology is designed to reduce nicks and tugs on your fellas down low. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. Shears 2.0 is a luxury four four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools and it can includes tip tweezers rounded point scissors fingernail clippers and a medium grit nail file the shears 2.0 nail kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style on their website you'll also find the crop preserver and anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer this will help you tame that summer swamp ass with natural hydrators and antioxidants you'll also find the crop reviver a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls we won't judge you if you catch you sniffing yourself go to manscape.com and check out some of these life-changing products in fact listeners of the show will get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com use code armchair sports keep coming back so does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner betonline.ag major league baseball and the nba are in full swing and there are no shortage of ways to get in on the action BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to be on. Also, tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the BetOnline team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes 
and bet on the cost of his bling. Visit betonline.ag to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that was obviously huge. Clutch, clutch drive by you, um, utilizing the wide receiver, Dale and Charlotte, um, thankfully. But then you run into Coastal Carolina, and I feel like the program is obviously, v mentioned it, you know, we got Rick Ross in the spring game. Less is back. We're one and zero. We're playing Coastal Carolina, who we feel like we should beat. And all of a sudden, we're like just kicked in the face, and we're like, we're we're back to where we were at the start. Like we're back yep. to where we were last year. So like, what what happened in that Coastal Carolina game? Because I remember after the game, the whole take was the offense was too conservative. Like, were we overreacting as fans, or was that really kind of the case? Did you guys just kind of like was the play calling? too conservative yeah that that was that was you know the the most frustrating football game I've ever been a part of to be honest with you um you know just because you know I don't know if you guys remember or not but that was Puka Williams first game back as well and so you know I think we were trying to just force it you know force the run 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 and you know I'm I'm under center you know for 75% 75% of that game, I'm looking out at them. They got nine guys in the box knowing exactly what's coming. And, you know, there's there was, like, a legitimate stat that Puka this past season had, like, the most, like, broken tackles behind the line of scrimmage in all of college football. So, you know, you, you can only do so much when there's, you know, there's nine guys in the box and, you know, they're coming at us like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I tell you what, if, if we're running – Dearman system at that time I think it's a it's a cakewalk and it's a fun Saturday night in Lawrence but it's tough yeah so the play calling obviously was conservative you guys I mean everyone knows we should have won that game and then you guys the fan base is down again we go to BC and I think everyone's just assuming we're going to get our asses whooped yeah and then like there's I feel like there's something we all want to know is who is calling the plays that night uh Dearman, Dearman, like, <laughs> like, like, I, I think it was pretty much being radioed, you know, like on the headset to Coach Kenning. But I mean, 85 and 90% of what we ran that night was Dearman. And, you know, we had like 42 points going in the fourth quarter. And it was just like, like, no, no disrespect to BC, but they looked like they had never seen like a spread offense or like an RPO before, like ever. Yeah, I know. that was. I'm pretty sure that, that was that was a crazy night for sure. You know, obviously that that started off. I uh, I kind of forced a pass. I think on my first or second throw, and I I threw an interception. I'm like, all right. After last week and starting off like that, you know, I honestly thought for a second I was like, you know, you uh, you better get it together real quick here because otherwise they might try to make a change. But you know, yeah. luckily, luckily we did, and you know that was that was definitely a fun night. I'm pretty sure that uh, you messaged me that night and said that you guys could have got 70, right? Didn't you say mm-hmm. something like you were like, we left a lot, of, like we could have gotten so much more. For sure. Yeah. I mean, cause the whole, I feel like the whole fourth quarter, um, you know, we were just running the ball, kind of, kind of taking it easy, but no, after, after that first possession, you know, I seriously think like there wasn't a time in that game and obviously, like, I'm communing with the running backs and the receivers. There wasn't a time in the game where, like, man, like, you know, it's it's tough to move the ball. Like, we were seriously nickel and diamond down the field, like, the entire game after that. So, 
no, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, obviously that's, that's more of the offensive style you saw the second half of the year. And, um, no, it was, it was definitely a fun night. I mean, Khalil uh, and Khalil and Puka were unbelievable that night. And yeah, you were no, they, they, went, too, they went nuts. And that's, that's, that's such a huge, like, you know, the huge thing about it was, you know, I think, uh, I think coach Meadows, our offensive line coach did a great job of, uh, you know, getting those guys, the offensive line, you know, to really get a good push up front. And they, uh, they did an unbelievable job, you know, just, uh, just pushing their defense. And, you know, we were definitely the more physical team that night. And it was, uh, no, it was, it was really cool looking up in the fourth quarter, you know, just kind of looking around the stadium and it seriously was like all KU fans. So it was, it was pretty sick that, you know, Jayhawks took over Boston and, you know, had a night like that. Yeah, I mean, that for the rest of my life is going to be one of the, like, just most surreal football games I've ever watched. Because, like me turn said, we were in meltdown mode. You know KU fans, we meltdown quick. So to go into Boston College and all of a sudden we're just destroying them, it was so shocking but so awesome. Well, um, that, was the, that was the first road game we won in how long? Decade? Yeah, that was the first Power 5 road game we won in, like, I don't know, like 10 years or something. Yeah, because yeah, the year before we broke the long road streak when we beat yeah. Michigan. Central yeah. Central Michigan, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was, that was funny too cuz uh I don't know if you guys are like into uh part of my take or like Barstool Sports or anything like that, but I forgot if it was Portnoy or uh uh Big Cat that said like mortal lock of the century uh Boston <laughs> College like oh, minus 21 yes. over KU. Or it was maybe even minus twenty four, but it was just funny how we ended up winning by twenty four. So then I think I think Portnoy was like tweeting about how he like hated Boston College the rest of the year or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> destroyed by Kansas. That yeah, that was right. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, yeah, I never even thought about that. I mean, you're sitting there hearing. I mean, do you hear guys like Portnoy? Or I mean, obviously you follow them a little bit, but like, is it wild hearing them kind of? People, I guess even us, like gambling when it comes to KU. I mean, how familiar are you with lines and stuff like that? Like, do you ever think about that as a player? Um, no. <laughs> a little bit my freshman year when I, when I was being redshirted. A little bit my freshman year. It's funny because uh, my brother is a year older than me, and he, he went to Florida State. And uh, he was the president of his fraternity, Fidel, at Florida State. It was a pretty pretty big fraternity. And uh, him and, you know, some of his friends were always texting me that first year asking, like, hey, like, you know, you guys are pretty big underdogs this, this week. You think you cover? And I'm just like, I don't know, man. I, I ended up steering them pretty wrong for most of that year. But um, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's funny. Once, once Dearman took over, I was, I was definitely kind of feeling the overs on, on some of our games. I think we were yeah. in overs. Because, yeah, I mean, yes. the tech, tech game probably had, what, 70, 80 points combined? Yeah, and that's – it's funny. There's uh, – one of my buddies at, at KU has kind of this company. It's it's called Take the Over, and it's, you know, just kind of like a, you know, half-joking gambling kind of social media thing. And he gave me a, uh, a hoodie, and I wore it for the, uh, you know, before the Friday – or the Friday reporting to the Texas Tech game, and – ended up wearing it for the, the post-game interview against Tech when we, you know, hit, hit the over pretty good there. But, you know, that was, that was a fun one. 
That's awesome. I'm super, I'm honestly surprised me and B-Turn weren't in your DMs trying to get like bets and stuff like that. I'm proud of us for not stooping to that level. But um, obviously, you guys whooped BC's ass. And then from there, I feel like you kind of started to struggle again. And it almost felt like I think the most frustrating part the fans was it felt like Penning was taking over the play calling again and the offense was starting to struggle again. Either way, yeah. he gets fired after that loss to OU, I think. And yeah, Freeman takes over. You guys get a week to prep for Texas. I mean, could you tell that week leading up to Texas that something was just drastically different with the offense? For sure. Yeah, it was uh no, it was it was awesome. And uh, you know, I've been a Deerman fan from, you know, the day he showed up at KU like back in February or whatever, but um no, so we we obviously only had one week to prepare really and um no, I mean, just honestly, some of the things we did in practice that week was was awesome. Um, you know, I just felt really good about it. It was, uh, you know, it was back to getting kind of Puka in some more space, you know, it was, it was doing some more spread sets and, you know, getting more five to six man box, box looks for, for Puka. So, you know, obviously that, that next week against Texas, he had like 190 rushing yards and, you know, it was his best, you know, best game of the year for sure. But um, no, it was definitely a big difference. And did you at all – I mean, obviously things were different, but could you have ever seen you guys throwing up 48 on the road at Texas? Like, <laughs> that was – that up there with the BC game, that was another one of those games where you're just sitting there, like, laughing at how easy the offense is working at times. Yeah, no, no, definitely. That uh, – so that game, you know, it wasn't – it wasn't, you know, it, it may have looked, but it wasn't as easy as the Boston College game. You know, they were, you know, I feel like there was a lot of clutch plays and a lot of big time plays that our guys made to step up. But, um, no, I mean, that that Texas game, you know, as much as I wish we, you know, had won, you know, we took the lead with, you know, I think a minute and 11 seconds left in the game, you know, after going for two. And it was, it was just nuts because – being from Florida, my my high school friends never got to to see me play, but like twelve of them were at that game because one of one of my buddies moved to Austin, and after we did that two point conversion, like the whole stadium was silent. But I heard them like up in the nosebleeds going nuts, and uh, yeah, it was it was just a cool game for them to be at. You gotta ask, do you regret the horns down that you gave the crowd near the end of that game before their last uh, drive? I thought it was awesome, but. I had to ask, do you regret it at all or was it totally worth it? Incredible gif, by the way. Definitely in the moment thing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking we just went in there and, you know, scored a touchdown and went for two and, you know, take the lead with a minute left. I'm thinking, all right, like, you know, that, that's got to be ball game. You know, after the, after the game we had and, you know, our, our guys, our sideline was just so electric. And, um, no, nah, it, was, it was definitely in the moment thing. Tough to tell, you know, whether I whether I regret it or not. You know, I was I was having a lot of fun, so I'm not I'm not too concerned about it. But um, no, it was it was a great game, and it, it's cool because I'm I'm pretty good friends with uh, Sam Ellinger, their quarterback, and uh, a few other guys on that team. But um, no, we we took a picture after the game and all that, and it was uh, it was it was a fun experience for sure. I think you gave the Tim Tebow speech at half that game too, right? Yeah, <laughs> for a little, for a little Tim Tebow sprinkle in there for sure. No, it was, it was Dale and Charlotte really that that was, you know, he was he was going nuts in there, and you know the guys guys on the team knowing Dale and you know Dale won a 
national championship his freshman year at Alabama for Coach Saban. And, you know, he's he's been on some good ball teams and, you know, played in some good games. So, you know, with him, you know, being a fifth-year senior, speaking with that much emotion and, you know, that much passion, I, I think our guys, you know, really, you know, kind of kind of handled that, you know, as they should have. That might be the craziest fourth quarter, though, I've ever seen watching a college football game. Yeah, no, it was nuts. I mean, that's, uh, one... I think uh... – wait, you said what? I said if they could have got one stop. I mean, there's so many – like, we're homers, and we always look at best-case scenario. But, I mean, you guys beat Coastal, if you guys beat Texas, and then you guys are in it late against uh, Iowa State, too. So, it's like there's five, six wins For right sure. there. Yeah, and, and West Virginia – I truly believe if, if we played West Virginia second half of the season, um, you know, I, I really think we would have took care of took care of that one for sure. And even, you know, I think the final score was like 29 to 24 or something. But, you know, we had we had a lot of things go wrong in that game. And, you know, again, that was kind of the older system. But, yeah, um, yeah I think that's definitely one we should have took too. So you were saying how Dearman called about close to 90 percent of the plays at B.C., the West Vaughn game was the week following, right? Yep. That was what, uh what yeah, that was the next week. Um it was just, you know, I th- I think we had some of Deerman's passing concepts in there. It was it was still more of Deerman's passing concepts, but as far as run game, um, you know, it was kind of kind of back to the older thing. And, you know, if if you look at, you know, I don't remember the stats exactly, but we didn't run the ball too well. You know, our yards for that game wasn't wasn't great by any means. So, um, you know, no matter what level of football you're at, if you run the ball successfully, that's that's going to open up everything, and you know, it definitely makes a difference. So, wasn't uh, you know, it was slightly different. You know, I also threw an interception early in the fourth quarter that I think they only got a field goal off of, but still, you know, that's that's an opportunity that we could have gone down there and you know, got some points, so it's tough. Yeah, that, I mean, that's definitely one of those games that it felt like that team could have made a bowl game, which is, like, what's so frustrating about it. If you, like you said, if you have that new system in place from the start, but a lot of what-ifs over the last 10 years of KU football, so we can't we can't stay on those. But I want to get into the, the Texas Tech game because, obviously, Dearman has things rolling now. Even though we lost to Texas, being able to put 48 up uh, – in Austin was obviously a huge deal, but is that Texas Tech game the craziest finish to a football game you've ever been a part of? When you factor in, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it was it was nuts. I mean, we so we we start off that that game. Um, we're working on kind of like a trick play, gadget play all week in practice for our first play of the game. You know, it's it's homecoming. We're coming off a of score in you know half a hundred versus Texas and. I was just, you know, I we're we're working on this trick play all week, and it never really worked out too well. I love, you know, as a QB, I, I love the whole idea of doing a trick play and chucking a deep post on the first play of the game. But um, honestly, it just it wasn't really working too well in practice. And so we get out there, first play of the game. It's kind of like a reverse. Uh, yeah, I forget exactly how it goes, but I get the ball. There's kind of some penetration. And all week in practice, we're talking about their safety who, like, led the – you know, he led all of college football and, like, interceptions at the time. He had, like, six or seven picks in, like, you know, halfway through the season. So, they're like, yeah, you know, 
don't don't let this guy, you know, get anything this game. And, you know, sure enough, the first play of the game, I, I get the ball, just kind of chuck down a post and it gets intercepted. So definitely wasn't the hottest start. Then uh, I think it was like early in the second quarter, we're down 17-0. And I was like, come on, man, like we can't, we can't do this on the homecoming game. So, but yeah, I forgot yeah, all about that that trick play. What? I, forgot all, I forgot all about that trick play. That was like, I remember when you guys snapped that ball, it was like, oh, Deerman's our coach. Like, this is going to work perfectly. It's going to be an incredible start. And then we all kind of got, like, sent back to reality. And it was like, shit. Right. <laughs> but, you, uh, you weren't awful the rest of that night, though. 415 yards, three touchdowns. And I think you're Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week. So, like, yeah. how much fun was that night just chucking it to Stephon Robinson and Parchment and all those guys? Yeah, that's – so, you know, obviously – Despite the slow start, we knew uh, we knew what we were capable of doing. And, you know, I felt like our guys were, you know, getting open. Like, I feel like our guys uh, were getting some good separation. And, um, you know, yeah, like like you said, Stefan Robinson, Andrew Parchment, Kwame Laster, those guys, they're playmakers as, as it is. But, um, you know, it really took one play to get back in it. You know, I think I had, it was a crossing route or no, it was um, – it was kind of a, a long post to Stefan, which, you know, he like, we thought he scored on, he ended up getting down at the one and we had a QB sneak the next play, but um, it really took us one play to get back in it. And after that, we're just like, all right, we're, we're rolling. Sure enough, next possession we scored, um, you know, so I think we went into halftime. It was either 17 to 14 or, uh, you know, maybe 24 or 14, but we definitely felt like we were rolling from that point forward. So obviously, after that Texas Tech game, I feel like the program is – I'm as excited as I've ever been as a KU fan since the Orange Bowl days. You, you take Texas to the wire, you beat Texas Tech, and now K-State's coming to town. Les Miles is in the locker room saying, who the fuck is K-State? Like, everyone's buzzing. And then it just – I mean, we had the biggest tailgate we've ever had. And then it just – like, what happened in that game? That was – that that one was that was tough, man. I mean, it was a combination of of those guys. They were, they were ready to play for sure. K State, they were ready to play. You know, obviously they they were coming off of one of their biggest wins in school history, beating Oklahoma the week before. And um, you know, it was it was just a it was a matter of a few things. It was their defense being incredibly sound, and they definitely took away what we were you know, as an offense, the last two weeks, the previous two weeks, what we were going for and, you know, what we were getting done successfully, they, they took it away. And, you know, I think they did a great job of kind of getting some pressure on us by not even, you know, bringing a ton of guys. And then offensively, there was, there was times where, or offensively for them, there was times where they're holding the ball for, you know, eight minutes of game time, you know, which is like 25 minutes of, you know, real time. So, it just, you know, they, they handled it really well. Um, you know, I, I myself probably had my worst game of the season. You know, I, I had two interceptions. And, uh, no, it was, it was just really frustrating just because I, I know how much went into that moment. And, you know, like you said, the, the five years that I had been there, that was by far the most buzz around the program. And, you know, obviously getting the first sellout crowd in 10 years, that was incredible. So, no, it was it was just tough. That was that was definitely the most disappointing part of the season. And um, no, I mean, if 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 I could redo one more, it'd be that one for sure. 
not not sure what I'd change to be honest with you because because they they had a great game plan. But if I could, if I could just somehow redo one, it'd be that one. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, they they ran the ball at least 200 times that day. Yeah, I'm sure it's super frustrating for you guys to just have to sit on the sideline all day. Yeah. So outside of obviously the end of the season didn't go like you wanted to. Granted, the schedule was loaded late in the year, so it's hard to think you're going to – I think you played like top 25 teams for the last five games or something like that. But – how would you rate your season overall? You're seeing your season overall personally and as a team. Like, I mean, if you were you pretty happy with it? Or are you still happy to, with it to this day? I mean, I feel like it turned out pretty well. We're calling you the best quarterback of the decade. You really can't argue that you are. So, or you aren't. So, I feel like it went pretty well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, I, you know, the main thing for me was I just had fun. Um, you know, I knew regardless of, you know, before going even into the season, I knew it was going to be my last football season, uh, you know, in college. And I just, uh, I wanted to take advantage of just the little things, you know, the things in the locker room, you know, just having, having a good time with the guys. And um, that aspect of it was a hundred percent, just the most, it was the most fun season I've had just, you know, just enjoying the little things. And, um, you know, again, from a, from a playing standpoint, you know, it was, it was the most fun I had just because it was uh you know, got truly got to play a full season, you know, and start every, you know, every game. And, um, you know, yeah, you know, just like everything really, obviously you look back on some things and, you know, you wish they maybe would have gone a little bit differently, but, you know, I also have memories that I'll have for the rest of my life, you know, playing with those guys and, you know, some of those nights that we, we've talked about earlier, but um, no, overall, I, I just had a lot of fun and, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for that coaching staff and the guys, you know, in that locker room. That's awesome. And all right, so I guess we'll we'll kind of wrap up with this. I my my guy Alan, I'm sure you've seen him on Twitter sometimes or at our, our tailgates. He he'd be pissed if I didn't mention one. He claims he was the first one ever on Team Carter, so I gotta shout that out. But he also wanted me to ask a couple questions, and we can kind of do this quick. But first one he wanted to know was who is your favorite target over the four years you played at KU? Uh Steven Sims. Okay. Makes sense. Steven Sims for sure. He's and, and you know what he did this past season with uh, you know I guess they're now the Washington football team, but um, what he did with them, you know, just having six touchdowns his rookie year. He didn't even play a lot of reps at receiver early off in the year, but that's just stuff that we saw out of him, you know, his whole time at KU. And you know, there was back to kind of the previous coaching staff, there was coaches that told him that, you know, he would never be anything or never get a shot in the league. And, you know, it was, it was pretty sweet to see him go out in year one and, and, you know, do what he did. Yeah. Fourth and goal, you're down one score. What's your play of choice? Honestly, probably just a uh, goal line fade, probably, you know, just depending on, depending on how, uh, well, well, it all comes down to who you're playing how the game's going, but, you know, me personally being a quarterback, uh, probably just throwing like a back shoulder fade to a, you know, strong-handed receiver, a guy like Dalen Charlotte. So Indiana State, was that fourth and – or what was that? Was that like first and goal or were you even – Yeah, I forget what down it was, but, um, you know, it was, we were definitely running out of time. And, uh, you know, Dalen, you know, kind of had a smaller guy on him. And, and Dalen's, you know, seriously, probably the best catching traffic receiver that I've, I've ever been around. And got some incredibly strong hands and does a good job of positioning himself. So, 
you know, when he, when he took off on that play and, you know, I knew the safety kind of wasn't in the picture. So I, I threw it up to him and came down with it. Uh, interesting question here. If you were getting in a street fight and you needed two guys to join you from your, your KU playing days, who are the two teammates you're taking with you for that fight? Man. Uh, I'd say Darius Moraine, who happens to be 6'7", 300 pounds, but like with a six pack, um, you know, he's, he's a mean looking dude for sure. And, uh, probably Devon Williams, uh, who was there my first two years, his nickname was baby D, but he was, you know, he was like six, five, three thirty, just, uh, just a beast. And, you know, he's a Florida guy, so I'm probably rolling with him. And then we ask everyone that we have on, uh, this, but what's your favorite bar in Lawrence? See, that's tough, man. That's tough. Uh, it, it started off 100%, no questions asked, the Hawk. Um, the, the Hawk was the Hawk was my favorite spot earlier in my career, but it, it kind of switched the bull my last two years just because, um, you know, the the drinks were, were plentiful and, and pretty, pretty cheap, if not free. So, uh, no, it was, it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun and um, – yeah, there was, there was always a good group there for sure. You only drink right. water, though, your first few years, right? When you're Right. Under- no, until I turned 21. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think – I don't know if we have much more, but I kind of wanted you just to just to touch, like, on the personality of Dearman and kind of what you see him doing in the future. Like, could you see him being the head coach at KU someday? Yeah. I mean, no, 100%. He's, He's always been, uh, you know, from the first day he stepped in, he's always been a leader and, uh, you know, just extremely helpful. You know, I think there's, there's obviously like different types of leadership, but he's, uh, he's one of those guys that's like a servant leader. You know, he's going to make sure that everyone around him is in good hands and that he's doing everything he can to, you know, make the people around him be successful. So he's, uh, he's an incredible guy. Um, I feel like no moment is too big for him. You know, obviously his debut was, uh, you know, prime time against Texas. And, you know, he, he did a great job calling that game. And, um, no, he's an incredible leader. And I, I definitely could see him being the next head coach, you know, whenever that time may be. But, uh, no, he's he's just a really good guy. And I, I feel like, you know, everyone on that team loves him. All right. Well, I think we're we'll get to the point where we're gonna let you go. But I got one last question. When tailgating is allowed, you're for sure coming to tailgate with us at Les Valley and, and getting absolutely blasted, right? A hundred percent. And and hopefully it's hopefully it's still the Puka Zone because yeah. I, I I love that you guys you guys got a great setup there. And no, you bet that that first game I come back, you know, hopefully hopefully it could be this year, you know, hoping for that, obviously, but, um, no, we'll see, but you already, you already know I'm stopping by. All right. Uh, yeah. Sounds good. We, uh, we appreciate you having, having you coming on. We've been wanting to make this happen for a while. So I think it's a good time with COVID and everything going down. I think people enjoy listening to this. So, uh, we really appreciate it and we hope uh, the training goes well and hopefully we'll see you in the leaks. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate you guys. Really appreciate you guys having me on. And, uh, you know, I've always been a fan of you too. And uh, no, I, I appreciate your guys, uh, your Twitter humor. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Appreciate you coming on, man. Welcome back to KFC, um, sir. Appreciate you. Um, 
Yeah. yeah. Wanna get a mansion, a jacuzzi, a theater to watch my movies, couple whips and lots of fancy things. The kids they call the Goonies. I see the future, crystal ball, mirror, mirror hanging on the wall. Who the flash white boy of the mall? Got your girlfriend screaming. You make they curve Superman Leaps on hoes in a single bound I'm single now Got no ring on his finger now I never let another chick bring me down In a relationship Save it bitch Babysit You make me sick Superman ain't saving shit Girl you can jump on Shady's dick I can't be your Superman Can't be your Superman Can't be your Superman Can't be your Superman I can't be your Superman Can't be your Superman
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.